Hi, dear friends. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. Dear friend, this is the program where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. And you are listening to Fabiano Nyonguru, currently ministering uh, both in Melrose Park Seventh-day Adventist Church as well as Sinai Seventh-day Adventist Church Company here in South Australia. And I'm so glad that you have tuned in. This is the right place to be. And I'm so thankful that we'll be able to spend the next hour together uncovering what Scripture has to say on a number of things. And so, friends... Welcome once again. The theme for this week has been, is the good book, referring to the Bible, too violent? Is the good book too violent? So we've covered a number of topics uh, throughout this week about what the Bible has to say about uh, violence and why it appears uh, that in the Old Testament that uh, God sanctioned or or, or condoned um uh, violence, you know, wrestling with that. So if you've missed some of those, uh, uh, topics and, uh, presentations, I would highly recommend that you go back. Uh, once again, you can go to the faithfm.com.au website or get the app and you'll be able to re-listen to this. Just look for the, uh, draft time program. For example, Monday we covered topics such as why does the Bible contain so much violence? And that was with, uh, uh Pastor Will and Pastor Yoshi. We also had, uh, on Tuesday was the good uh, was the God of the Old Testament, yes, who is the good God, a violent monster. So we've wrestled with some of those uh, uh, questions that um, uh, many of us tend to ask ourselves. Uh, and so today, however, we are going to discuss under the following uh, topic, lessons from the life of Desmond Doss. Many of you would have watched the film, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. And many of you would now know, uh, this American, uh, conscientious objector, uh, Desmond Doss, but, uh, he was a person of faith. And so what are some of the lessons that we can learn in the context of what we've been, uh, uh, uh learning throughout this week? And in the context of the theme is the good book, too violent. Well, let me welcome first and foremost our good friend, our regular uh, Pastor Hugh Heenan onto the program. Welcome, Pastor Hugh. Oh, it's great to be here with you, Fabiano. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? It and is. It's, it's one that has perplexed the minds of many over mm. many, many centuries, in fact. And yes. uh, uh, we don't pretend for a moment, of course, that we're going to have uh, all the answers to this That's as right. such. But uh, it is it is uh, fruitful for inquiry. Right. Uh, and I think it's uh, really important for every person, every mm. human being, yeah. to consider where they stand on this question of war and of violence, That's right. uh, let alone as a Christian. Yeah. And so I'm uh, glad we're looking at this topic today. Very good, very good. I see that you are uh, wearing a, uh, a a warm, rather cozy jacket. I wonder, is it too cold in South Australia? <laughs> <laughs> well, not not for my liking. I, I, okay. As you know, I've come from uh, New Zealand uh, the last couple of decades. Um, but yes, today I am wearing a jacket that is otherwise known as a glorified uh, sleeping bag, right. uh, so to speak. It's a big, big puffer jacket. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, so, yes, uh, here in Adelaide, here in South Australia, it has been quite uh, quite chill, but it is winter. And yes. uh, that's, that's the nature of things, isn't it? And yeah. we're going to be talking about the nature of things in this world when it comes to violence. Exactly. Uh, but uh, hopefully with a refreshing and different perspective. Amen and amen. Hey, dear friend, where are you listening from? Are you in South Australia? 
Are you in the eastern parts, uh, such as uh, uh, Sydney, uh, Brisbane, and Victoria? Uh, there uh, in in Melbourne, or even maybe in the countryside there, uh, all on the furthest side, um, you know, the western of Australia, Western Australia. Friends, where are you listening from? You know, we would love to hear where our listeners are at. Um, so. Um, if you can quickly just let us know where you're listening from by using the number 04888-808-11. That would be amazing. Once again, the number is 04888-808-11. Hey, that would be really cool, really nice, and uh, very encouraging to hear from you. So where are you right now as you listen to Faith FM? The number is 04888-808-11. Let us know where you're listening from and... Also, if you are a regular on this radio program, hey, uh, why don't you tell us uh, one thing that you have appreciated the most uh, about the Draft Time program? Or if you're a newbie, hey, tell us, uh, what do you think the Draft Time program is all about? Um, or what does, the, <laughs> what does that sound like to you, the Draft Time program? The number yeah. is zero four triple eight eight zero eight eleven. Yes, sir. Or, or may, maybe even uh, uh, text us a question that a you'd question. like us uh, to look at at yes. the, the drive time big Q and A. After all, it's all about exactly. questions and all about uh, seeking answers together. Mm. Um, and we love questions, big and small. So yeah, send them on through to us, and uh, we'd love to explore them if we can. Oh, wonderful! Hey, I'd like to start up with something that I read, and I was just wondering whether I understood this correctly. But I'm interested in hearing how. What your take is on this, uh, Pastor Hugh, uh, an interesting article came, and this uh, was published by Fox News, uh, and um, uh, on uh, October the 5th, 2022, uh, and um, the headline says, Vice President Harris uh, says Americans don't need to abandon their faith to support abortion. And so, uh, Americans don't need uh, to abandon their faith, uh, she says. Harris made this statement um, uh, while she was speaking at an abortion rights conference in Connecticut, uh, uh, joining a panel discussion alongside um, Planned Parenthood President Alexis, Alexis uh, McGill-Johnson and Representative Johanna Haynes de Con, uh, Hayes uh pressed Harris to explain how a person must still support abortion rights even if their religious beliefs declare it uh, declare it immoral. Uh, and so I quote now what she says. Um, in fact, sorry, what this gentleman said first and foremost, he says, you know, what would you say to someone who understands why abortion should be a personal decision between a pregnant person and uh, whomever else they decide to include in their uh, conversation, but believes that they can't reconcile it with their faith, Hayes asked, uh, regarding a question from the audience. And so, uh, then, uh, continuing, uh, Harris says, uh, that's such an important point to raise. Uh, it, it is her choice and it should be her choice to make. If she chooses a consultation with a loved one, uh, with a healthcare provider, with her faith leader, uh, I say this, uh, one does one does not have to abandon their faith or their beliefs to agree that the government should not be making the decision for her. She continued, "It's literally that basic." Um, yeah, I was trying to understand what the, uh, this uh, this uh, statement of hers. Uh, uh, obviously, today these are some of the hot topics as people are wrestling with um, 
people are wrestling with uh, how, especially people from uh, uh, the faith communities, uh, how to uh, respond, or even those who are not from the faith communities. Some of some people are also wondering, uh, you know, um, where. Uh, you know, can we have a uh, a conversation with anyone and whoever we like, uh, without uh, feeling like uh, our views or our preferences are being suppressed? You know, there's a number of things, anyways, today that are big topics, and uh, this happens to be one of those. And I know that in the U.S. right now, as well as other Western countries, these are also uh, very sensitive topics. But her comment uh, here, uh, read it once again. I say this: one does not have to abandon their faith or their beliefs to agree that the government should not be making that decision for her. She continued, um, "It's literally that basic." Um, one of the things that I was thinking, Pastor Hugh, you let me know whether I'm going off tangent here or whether I misunderstood this. Uh, is she saying that, um, obviously, uh, abortion is what has been discussed here, but I just want to think of any other uh, thing here that uh, may appear to some to be uh, not in harmony with their uh, uh, religious convictions, with their faith. Uh, so, for example, it could be abortion. You throw in anything. Is she saying, or is her line of reasoning that, um, you do not have to abandon your faith to agree with uh, uh, what the government or other institutions are saying. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I was trying yeah. to understand that. Mm. Yeah, I guess that's a really important uh, question to ask, and it's it's highly pertinent in the world today, isn't it? Yeah. Because uh, there's a whole gamut of uh, issues in the world today, mm. uh, whether it relates to uh, you know conscientious conscientious objection uh, with regards to war, uh, with regards to uh, uh, the protection of uh, those of the unborn life, whether it is in regards to a person's right and ability to right. practice unfettered and without uh, uh, any kind of uh, obstruction uh-huh. uh, their, their right to religion right. uh, or religious belief. Right. You know, it's, it's, it strikes me as quite uh, fundamental, the right to be able to believe what one desires to believe, as long as it's not something which is going to physically violently harm somebody else. Mm. Uh, that, that's really where a line is, is crossed, isn't it, uh, in, in society? And right. so it's, it's important, I think, to, to always look for ways to, to make a clear-cut distinction to say, well, you know, what relates to, to upholding each individual's rights right. without diminishing those of others? And it's always yeah. a balancing act. There's always a tight, tight wire uh, rope that one is sort right. of walking along <laughs> and trying to keep in balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same is also true with, uh, for example, the right to... To worship, right? Uh, so <clears throat> it's a fundamental right as well. Yes, uh, and uh, so some <laughs> the old the old uh, saying one man's trash is another man's treasure. Mm. Uh, you could flip that on its head. You know right. what I treasure, other people might want to trash. Yeah, and uh, and so, uh, but uh, uh, they shouldn't constrain me or force me to trash what I treasure. Mm. And and when it comes to to worship, right, uh, and worshiping God. Uh-huh. Uh, sad to say, in many jurisdictions around the world today, yes. people are not free to exercise that basic human right yeah. uh, to worship uh, and to worship God. Mm. And uh, maybe it comes down to the day upon which one worships. Right, uh, right. You know, uh, maybe you started work, and it was very clear that uh, you would uh, that you wouldn't uh, work due to uh, your religious convictions with respect to a certain day. Right. Know, as a Seventh-day Adventist, uh, I won't work on the Seventh-day Sabbath of the Bible, what we in our society call Saturday. Right. Um, but a, a, an employer might come along and say, well, I'm going to force and compel you now to work on that day, which was very clear from the outset that you wouldn't work, but I employed you anyway. Yeah. Uh, and now that becomes a, uh, a matter for... Uh, 
the the Human Rights Council mm. becomes a matter for the courts yeah. because uh, uh, the employer is infringing upon the rights of the employee who right. he employed on that basis. Um, and then the question might be asked, well, hang on, is the employee respecting the the rights of the employer? And so, you know, it, it comes, all these things <laughs> yeah. come into play, don't they? So right. it, yeah. no matter which way you look in 360 degrees, you're going to come across these sorts of conundrums. Mm. And it's really important for us to be clear-eyed right. and, and, and uh, uh, very... Uh, Aware of the issues, yes. so that we can navigate them um, as as a uh, conscientious member of society, right? Uh, and as a Christian. Mm. Okay, well, that's quite interesting, and I like how you, um, I guess, brought it to a personal conviction. There, uh, it is important that one um, follows their convictions and uh, what their conscience tells them. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I probably misunderstood the statement, but I'm not sure. But for me, what I understood was that she was kind of saying that, um, hey, it's okay to compromise. You know, you don't have to abandon your faith to agree with something else. Because for me, as, as, as me personally, Fabiano here, uh, well, if I'm convicted about something and I believe that, you know, what you believe is not right, mm. well, yeah, I found it hard that I could agree with. You. I mean, I'm, I can agree to disagree, but to agree with you, in my understanding, currently, it would mean that, in a sense, I, I, I'm agreeing to that which I don't feel like is right. Anyways, that, so I was just wrestling with that, and I'm thinking, hmm, what an interesting way to put this. But hey, in this world uh, today, it is becoming, uh, I guess, uh, 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 there, 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 there's a, a um, there's almost like a push or at least or at least a sense of uneasiness when it comes to people following what they you know believe to be uh their uh, uh um uh, you know what their conscious tells them for example you know there's, mm. there's a push to kind of like have a homo- is it homogenous is that right you know like we all kind of think the same hey, let's just all be created a, 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 um, a safer space let's not update upset each other I, I don't know if you get what I'm saying there's that kind of uh, uh, thing cooking you know and, and, mm-hmm. and, and people are kind of heading in that direction but for me I, I believe there's a there's a there's a there's an importance of um, it is important that one uh, follows not only uh, uh, their conscience, but one, you know, if they're not convicted of a certain something that, you know, that they should actually, uh, you know, have that freedom and the right mm. not to agree. Yes, uh, that's right. <laughs> we, we all want to be polite. We all want to uphold the social etiquette, don't we? Well, yeah. ho- hopefully most of us do. Um, <laughs> there's always those who, who want to be a bit more barbaric. Um, but uh, <laughs> the truth is that uh, uh, <clears throat> some people are reacting against. Right. Uh, something they've never experienced. Right. Uh, they're reacting against uh, the upper hand that the church held in centuries gone by uh-huh. uh, when the state was somewhat weakened or yeah. was informed by the church. Right. Uh, and so let's just all get along and, you know, who are you to tell me what to believe or, right. or how to live? You yeah. know, uh, keep your religious beliefs to yourself. Uh-huh. But uh, we're now in danger of the other way around. Right. We're in danger these days of saying, well, hey, let's just enforce a a um a sphere an arena within which everyone has to just uh, a sim- simply comply yeah. uh and and abide by uh what the state is sanctioning or or, or making uh put into place in terms of a safe zone etc like you're referring to in terms uh-huh. of a safe safe place yeah. um but isn't that just the flip side you know we believe in the separation between church and state right we believe in the rights of every individual we we believe that everyone should be at liberty to make their own decisions as they so please mm. uh but of course they need to also honor the the sanctity 
<coughs> the uh, uh, and the safety of others around them physically and so right. on, uh, and, and in order to abide nicely within society. So you've got to keep those two things uh, in balance. But I think in many respects now we are <coughs> looking to the state to tell people or to force people to do what we want them to do, mm. which is a which is really what the state was never designed to be from its outset, but so often throughout history has been used uh, to, to be, to become a country or become a weapon. Um, and so really, let's not, uh, let's seek, I, I would, I would urge anyone right. that not to seek to use uh, the state or to use the church or to use mm. any other organization or institution right. to force people into your mold, right. but rather instead to say, um, what can I do to, to honor your basic human rights uh-huh. whilst at the same time Asking you to do the same with me, right? Uh, and uh, there's always going to be that that uh, border line, that border <laughs> territory, yes. That uh, where there's going to have to be negotiation. Mm. Uh, but at the end of the day, God gave us freedom of choice, right? Some would even say that the mess we're in mm. with regards to <laughs> to to these these uh, questions, these consternations that we face, right? Um, uh, these tensions within society that they all come about because we have the freedom of choice. Mm. We all exercise it differently. Yes. But thanks be to God that we actually have that freedom yes amen. Uh, and he's the one who gave it to us in the first place that's right uh, and if anyone knows how to exercise it uh, 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 exercise it exercise it in a way that is going to uh, bring harmony and bring uh-huh. peace and going to bring about a better outcome it's the one who gave that right in the first place and that is God amen. Yeah, so, so we, we can learn a lot I think from looking at this question yes. from a biblical perspective which we'll, we'll endeavor to do today yeah now I hope we get into that um, uh, idea of uh, uh, you know, personal com- uh, conscience and, and, and convictions and so forth as we study this because I think this, you know, is very relevant to our time today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'm conscious also of the fact that we have uh, people who have texted in, uh, some from AC, others from uh, Queensland. Uh, Pastor Hugh, do you mind welcoming uh, some <laughs> of our friends here? Yes, welcome, Margie. Uh, uh, just just loving this this picture in my mind here of you washing the dishes in Eidsvold. Queensland, <laughs> uh, and uh, you say here, Margie, that you enjoy uh, our drive time shows. It's very informative and very interesting. Thank you for presenting the program, mm. uh, and it's wonderful to have you listening in with us, Margie. Uh, and I'm sure it's a lot warmer up there oh, than yeah. what it is here. And in fact, Christina would agree with that from South Australia. Here, um, Christina, you've said that this winter is so much colder than I've known before, and yes. I have six layers on, Ooh. no heating, six layers. Wow, yeah. uh, is, is that is that as many as what a seal has? I don't know, but that, that's quite a few layers that you got on there, Christina. Uh-huh. Good on you. Well, thanks for your interesting discussion topics. It's really important to represent uh, God's truth and well done. Well, thank you for that and well done to you for listening in and and, mm. and, and together mutually wanting to be informed. And also, Tim. Uh, welcome, Tim. Uh, you're listening from Brankston in the Hunter Valley. I remember my Hunter Valley days. All right. Uh, yes, and uh, yeah, a little bit more balmy up there, a bit more sweaty okay. uh, up there compared to South Australia. Um, <laughs> it's a bit more tropical, subtropical. Uh-huh. Funnily enough, God blesses me with your program when I'm on my drive time home from work every afternoon. Amen. Uh, well, you're a blessing to us as well, Tim. Thank you for listening mm. in. We'd love to have our listeners listen in, listen in and uh, to engage, interact with us. Uh, and we love to think that we're having... Um, by God's Spirit, an impact, an informative impact, but also a transformative one, we hope, whether you're over the sink or uh, six layers deep or whether it might be that you're driving home. So uh, welcome, welcome to the program. It's great to have you guys with us. Amen, amen. Hey, 
once again, thank you for tuning in. And we'd like to just pray. Uh, and then after we pray, uh, we'll, I'll just uh, mention a couple of things and then we'll take a short break and then we'll plunge deep into the subject. Let us pray together. Mm-hmm. Father, we are thankful and grateful for the freedom of choice. We are also thankful for your word, which is a light unto our path. Help us, Father, to uh, speak and act from a clear conscience. And help us, Father, to always remember that we ought to do that which will bring honor and glory to you. And in whatever we do, let love triumph all, so that way Christ may shine in and through us. This we pray and asking also that the Holy Spirit will be with us as we study. Uh, this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, dear friends, thank you once again for tuning in. I do have a free giveaway, which I'll let you know how to get uh, shortly. But right now, please uh, stay with us as we come to a song. Uh, and immediately after the song, we will be right back. This is Chelsea Moon and the Frenzy Brothers, Trust and Obey. Enjoy.
by the support of Adventist World Radio. Hey, welcome back. You are listening to Faith, Faith FM Drive Time. Uh, big Q&A with Fabiano here in the studio and Pazi Hugh. Uh, our theme for this week has been the good book, is the good book too violent? But our le- uh, topic for today is lessons from the life of Desmond Doss. Um, yeah, what can we learn from the life of Desmond Doss and who was he maybe even for those who might be wondering? Yes, that's, that's a great question there, Fabiano. Um, who, who is Desmond Doss and what can we learn from his life? Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that, uh, we should be discussing this in the context of is the good book, is the Bible too violent? And, uh, uh, there are those who have used the Bible uh, in order to justify wars, uh, to justify violence, uh, and uh, even to um, attempt to uh, to override the mm. rights of others yeah. uh, in the most extreme way that there is, and that is even the right to live. Wow. Uh, and, uh, and yet what we find in the life of Desmond Doss is someone I think who understood the Bible on a deeper level. Okay. Uh, because this is a man who didn't just academically understand it, you know, uh, he wasn't merely, uh, uh, I say merely, uh, a, a theologian, um, right. or even, for that matter, a pastoral theologian like yourself, yes. Fabiano. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the highest form of theologian, of course. Um, but in actual fact, uh, he was a man who who understood it very practically mm. uh, and applied it in the fiercest, the most difficult terrain that any living human being could ever possibly apply the life-giving eternal principles of God's Word. And that was on the battlefields of the Pacific, uh, and even, for that matter, on the hellhole that many people have called the the Battle of Okinawa. Right. You know, probably only uh, to be paralleled to that of the Battle of uh, Iwo Jima. Um, okay. And so, you know, this is, this is someone whom, from whom I believe we can, we can learn a lot when it comes to how we might uh, perhaps practically uh, and inspirationally, uh, maybe even revolutionarily or radically apply yes. uh, the principles of God's word when it comes to uh, the matter of violence, when it comes to the matter of war. Mm. Now, one might think, well, man, this, this guy must have been an amazing warrior, you know, because uh, he, he, he understood how to, uh, in a very radical way, apply yeah. principles with regards to violence. But in actual fact, he was the opposite of that. Mm. Uh, this was someone who uh, w- went into war without a weapon. Right. Uh, yeah, he, he he went weaponless. He was defenseless, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he went with the um, with the 
determination that he was not going to take life, but he was going to save life. In fact, uh, right. if you've ever seen the film Hacksaw Ridge, which looks at his life uh, or dramatizes his life, uh-huh. uh, there's one line in that, that film in particular. I'm not going to try and get the southern drawl on this one, okay. um, but uh, I, I love the the, uh, the basic intent and message behind the <laughs> okay. statement. Um, when he was being court-martialed uh, for his stance to say, I'm not going to pick up even a weapon, right. um, but rather I'm going to, I'm still want to go to be involved in this war effort. Uh-huh. Um, they said, well, why? And, yeah. and he said something to the effect of, uh, you know, well, it just seems to me that while the whole world is tearing itself apart, right. you know, that, that uh, it seems like uh, I could be a part of uh, putting a little piece of it back together again. You know? So he, yeah. he saw himself as a person that wanted to bring the healing mm. and the hope and the compassion and the right. love of Jesus into the fiercest fighting that has ever been possibly ever been known right. uh, to humankind there in the Battle of Okinawa, there in World War II, mm-hmm. uh, and and for that matter, to bring that even to his enemies. Wow. Uh, and so, yeah, a very inspirational story, and I'd love to share a little bit more with you. Yeah, yeah, no, that's quite amazing. Obviously, when people think about war uh, and uh, they think about faith, um, for some, uh for a lot of people, actually, they may say, well, those two don't really go together. But then for others, they may, th- they may think of, uh, some of the stories in the Old Testament and they'll say, yeah, yeah, we can see that, you know, God condoned it, you know, in the Old Testament. And so they, I, I can understand that having clarity on this subject is very mm. important. <laughs> it uh, is. because, um, uh, well, <laughs> right now, God forbid that this should happen, but right mm. now, it seems like the world is, uh, especially more so from the Western world, it seems like we might be uh, slowly uh, leading ourselves into another, you know, mm. uh, world world world. I, I mean, mm. when you look at what's happening there uh, in the East, uh, you know, together with Ukraine and and Russia, and how uh, a lot of commentators are saying actually this is not just Ukraine and Russia. Some are saying that actually this is NATO versus, uh, you know. Russia or, you know, or that, um, uh, 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 Eastern, uh, alliance, uh, which some would like to maybe think it might be the BRICS, but we don't know anyways. These are just, these, these are just commentaries. But, but, but nevertheless, though, um, you, we never know the future. And mm. we may find ourselves in a situation whereby we have to actually respond, uh, to a call to go and serve, uh, and, um, how do we respond? Or even today, there are those who uh, feel convicted that they should go and serve in the military. How do we respond? So mm, these mm. principles become very important. And learning from uh, Desmond Doss and uh, how he voluntarily chose to go and serve and what he chose I mean, what he decided to do and what not to do, uh, mm. how he navigated all that as a person of faith, a person who was raised uh, uh, in a uh, uh, um, a strong home with a strong father figure. And, you know, learning from that, I think will be very, very important. Yeah, I think you're right. And, um, you know, when, when it does come to this issue of who we are called to be in the face of conflict. Right. Because no matter who you are and wherever you're listening from, whether it's as we've just heard, you're, you're over a sink right now yeah. uh, and you literally are cleaning up the world yeah. uh, or whether you're driving home or whether you're under six layers, uh, <laughs> whatever it is, and our other listeners who, mm. who, who've uh, communicated with us as well, yeah. and thank you for doing that. Yes. Um, whatever the case happens to be, or wherever we are, conflict is going to come mm. our way. Yeah. You can't actually fully avoid conflict. 
Right. You have to think ahead in some regards and on your feet yes. as to, well, how philosophically, how um, at, at the core of who I am and who God's called me to be, how am I going to engage with this conflict? Mm. Uh, and in such a way that I'm going to see God's will right. most exemplified and demonstrated in the face of it. Ah. Uh, because, you know, there's no greater place than to see the face of God than in conflict. I'm reminded of mm. you know, Jacob and Esau, for example. Yeah. You know, that uh, Esau wanted to murder his brother. And for mm-hmm. 20 years, there was this great. A conflict between them, yes. uh, and yet when they met together again, because of the conciliatory, because of the peacemaking uh, uh, ways of, of Jacob in trying to win his brother back over, uh-huh. as Jesus would say in Matthew 18, you know, your, your goal, your aim as a Christian is to win your brother back over, mm. uh, to win them back to yourself and you to them, yeah. to be reconciled together. Um, as a result of that, <clears throat> when they met each other, uh, they said, to see your face is like to see the face of God. Mm. Uh, and I want to encourage our listeners that if you're in any kind of interpersonal conflict, let alone international conflict, uh, then God is with you in that. It's not a, not a happy or easy place to be, right. but you can have the peace of God right where you are. Amen. Now, in saying that, um, this brings us, I think, to the very core of what God's about. Yeah. There is a war that we're all involved in. Oh, yeah. There's a cosmic conflict that's going on mm. that involves the entire universe. And okay. it's one that, that uh, is, if there is a just such a thing as a just war, other than maybe <laughs> the Second World War from an ally perspective, okay. you know, against uh, the tyrannies of dictatorships overtaking the world, um, then it's clearly this cosmic conflict where mm. God wants to bring to an end Right, the evil, um, destructive ways of the devil, and free us all, liberate us all, yeah. uh, to be able to enjoy his perfect love, joy, and peace, and the freedoms that come with that, right. uh, without any tyranny ever again, without any more wars. Yeah, uh, wow. and uh, and so at the heart of that though was and is a God mm. who was willing. To enter that conflict as one who came not to take life, yes. but to give his own life, to yeah. save lives. Wow. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul puts it this way in Second Corinthians chapter 5. He says that, uh, that, um, that all this is from God. You know, when he makes us a new creation, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has now given us, get this, the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Wow. Well, now, how's yeah. that? A, what, what an amazing way to wage a war. Mm. You know, I'm not counting your <laughs> sins against you, but I'm going to actually try to win you over and woo you back with love. Let me just, let me just say this passage here that's, yeah. uh, 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 Contrary to what our kind of nature <laughs> I would want us to do in the first place. Oh, yes. <laughs> a, a reflex and instant, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. that's too, too often true. I, mea culpa, I'm guilty of the same. And, and, and he's committed to us then this message of reconciliation. Yeah. And in fact, more than messengers, he says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Mm. You know, if you think of an ambassador, maybe even a diplomat, to go right. out and to seek to bring about peace, um, not by appeasement, but by inspiration. And by winning, uh, making your enemy into your friend, yeah. um, that is what Christ has sought to do, uh, and um, and so uh, uh, we are called to be. Uh, those who bring reconciliation. That's the whole message of the gospel. Mm. Jesus himself puts it uh, a very interesting way. Right. Uh, Jesus says, uh, of course, there on the Sermon on the Mount, he says that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall mm. be called the sons of God. Yes. You know, you yes. could, if you're if you're a lady here tonight, then you'd say a, a daughter of God. You know, so blessed are the peacemakers. They should be affirmed. They should be called and known as the genuine, authentic children of God mm. um, and his representatives in the world. Jesus put it this way. Um, uh, when it when it 
came push came to shove and his life was on the line now remember what he said uh, on the on the day of his death yeah. um he said in John 18 verse 36 he said my kingdom when he was asked by Pontius Pilate who had the he said well I have the power of life and death over you yeah and he said well you, you have no power unless it was given to you from above <laughs> well, that's right. but he goes on to say something interesting he says my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world get this my servants would have been fighting wow now, he means physically, violently, mm. that I might not be delivered over, but my kingdom is not of oh, this, this world. Yeah. So his kingdom that he calls all of us into <clears throat> is one where enemies are transformed into friends, mm. where frenemies are changed into genuine friends, <laughs> and, 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 and those that are at war with each other, where there is genuine peace, not just mm. tension. Wonderful. Uh, you know, um, not peace takers or, yes. or, or merely, uh, uh, peacekeepers, but actual peacemakers. Yeah. And that's what we're called, uh, to be. And so that, that, uh, that's God's purpose in all of this. Uh, and in fact, um, ultimately his purpose, uh, the prophet Isaiah, Talk about the Old Testament. Uh-huh. We're talking Old Testament now. Yes, yes. Prophet Isaiah said that uh, in chapter two, so right. very close to the very beginnings. There, as he outlines, uh, begins to outline, we are the purposes of this book. Mm. Uh, he says that uh, for out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall right. decide disputes for many peoples. Right. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Mm. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn more anymore, or there shall be war no more. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and so ultimately that's God's yeah. uh, fulsome purpose at the end of it all, is right. that he, as the Lord of hosts, who, who gathers and brings us together as one one great host of harmony, mm. he, he desires that, that there be no more war. But look, we live in a world yes. where you know Solomon, and he was a man who was wise but jaded, uh, he said in uh, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 8, he, he talked to the realism of the, this world, and he said, mm. hey, look, speaking of that carnal nature that you mentioned, nobody go Fabiano, he says, there is a time to love, Mm. And a time to hate. Yes. A time for war and a time for peace. Yes. So he recognized that there were fluctuating, uh, vacillating uh, ways of being and interacting with each other as human beings, that mm-hmm. we were like shifting shadows and sand, yes. not like God's constancy about wanting to bring peace mm-hmm. uh, and compassion, uh, and that there would be from time to time war. Yes. And um, so as we talk about Des Dos, <clears throat> uh, and, and how he sought to find a middle path. Mm. I want us just to bear in mind that um, there's an important distinction to be made here. God yeah. is calling Fabiano, he's calling Hugh, he's calling uh, all of our listeners uh, to be his agents, his ambassadors in the world to bring peace. Yeah. Uh, and, and not war, not violence, yeah. uh, not destruction and, and maiming and, 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 uh, yeah. and so on. And uh, we, could, we could talk about you know, all manner of different things. Mm. But he is talking, he, he, he nonetheless does say elsewhere in the scriptures that there's a distinction between what he calls us to be individually as his children right. and what is true of uh, human international states and nations and kingdoms, <clears throat> that they have a role to play within the realities of this sinful world, to protect and to defend. Mm. Uh, and so, for example, the Apostle Paul, even though he calls us individually to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God, uh, nonetheless, in, in Romans 13, he makes it clear that, uh, look, there's a role that, uh, that the state has to play. Yeah. Uh, and he says this, interestingly enough, he says, let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, mm. for there is no authority except that which God has established. Right. The authorities that exist have been established by God, as it were. Mm. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authorities is rebelling against what God has instituted. 
Uh, and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Wow. You would hope, right? <laughs> and do you want to be free from fear of the one in authority? Mm. Then do what is right, and you will be commended. Wow. And then, and then notice this. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. Mm. Yeah. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword uh-huh. for no reason. Right. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. There are times where governments need to step in and to yeah. defend the vulnerable, defend the weak, mm. uh, to defend uh, the defenseless. And yeah. so, um, you know, if there's a genocide yes. that's happening, God forbid, anywhere on the globe, Definitely. let alone here in Australia, yeah. Yeah. Um, you would hope and pray that the government will step in and bring oh, an yeah. end to that, right? That's right. That's right. Um, if, if there's... Uh, wholesale uh, rioting, ransacking, and rape mm. on the streets of Melbourne or Sydney. The government needs to step in and stop that. Definitely. So this is the sort of thing that go- that God has put the government there for. Yeah. Uh, and if there's another state in the world yes. that's taking over other territories and seeking to 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 wipe out peoples or to to force them into slavery and subjugation, right. um, then we have a we have a part to play yes. as a nation. You might think of standing up against that. Mm. Um, and and this is, I guess, uh, true with regards uh, a reflection and yes. echo, um, imperfect as it is, uh-huh. because always there's no such thing as going to war perfectly as yeah. human beings, right? That's right. But with it reminds us that Jesus was willing to lay down his life as a good shepherd. Jesus said, and I think it's in John ten where he says that uh, the good shepherd right. lays down his life yeah. for the sheep, mm. um, and and when the time came, uh, where's that in John? Um, uh, you can tell I love the Gospel of John. Uh, John uh, 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 seventeen, or no, no, John John eighteen, right. where they came to uh, to take Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, mm. and and what happened there? Jesus said, uh, "Take me, but let them go." Wow! And so he he stood up for third parties. Um, and I think there's a lot of selfish war. There's yeah. a lot of fighting for me yes. or for my nation. Yes. But, but Jesus is saying, hey, if you're going to stand up against tyranny, if you're going to stand up against wrongdoing, do it on behalf of the vulnerable and of the weak and of the defenseless and third mm. parties. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and perhaps there might be some justification for that. Yes. Um, so what I love about Des Dos, coming back to him. Uh-huh. Okay, we've laid out a few principles here. Yes. But, but Des Dos, he lived out these principles. Oh, yeah. He didn't seek to take life. He sought to save them in the same spirit as Christ. Mm. And furthermore, he sought to to, to look after those who were wounded, who who were left uh, abandoned on the battlefields and conflicts of the world, Mm. uh, and to to bring healing uh, to their lives. And so... Um, in a few moments, I'd love to just go into a bit more depth about his life yes. and the lessons we yes. can learn from his life yes. as we think about how to apply God's principles with regards to dealing with conflict in a world that's filled with it. Um, bearing in mind, and I'm sure this has been talked about the last few days, mm. that any description you find in the Old Testament yeah. or any part of the Bible that, that describes violence right. is just that. It's a description. Mm. It is not a prescription. So just yeah, let's bear that in mind. But let's look at nonetheless at the life of Des Dos and let's learn a few principles together and love to do that after the break. Yes, uh, wonderful. And you know, just even before we come to the break, uh, I like what a, a, a certain author uh, said. Um, his, uh, his his name is Tim Young, um, author of uh, Heartstone, uh, and uh, he says here, uh, if I can get that point back now that I had, he says Dawes couldn't live with himself 
if he compromised on his beliefs. And likewise, our faith should be so important mm. to us that that too would rather suffer the anger of the world than give up on what we believe. Uh, and uh, oh, oh, and then he goes on to say that, you know, those uh, 75 men, you know, he risked his life going out, you know, while the bullets were flying, you know, saving one after another, a man after mm. another. It's quite amazing. And so, yes, he went into war to save life, but not to take life. That's quite mm. amazing. And so, mm. Uh, let's come to a short break. Uh, friends, what an amazing perspective of scripture. And truly, this is what God is all about. We, we read in John, uh, uh, first John chapter four, verse eight, that God is love. Mm. And, uh, truly, yes, when we look at the bigger picture of what God is all about and what scripture really, the, uh, you know, the, what scripture is actually teaching us is that God has a plan and his plan is about peace. His plan is about saving. Mm. His plan is about bringing a resolution. So yeah. after the break, definitely, uh, Pastor Hugh, you really need to take us deep into that. But, um, uh, you know, shortly after the break, uh, we'll give you a, uh, a code of how you can redeem, uh, this, uh, free giveaway. And I'll let you know actually what it is, uh, shortly after the break. But right now, just keep in mind the number zero four triple eight. 80811, that's the number that you need. But let's come to a song by Guinea Owens, God is Love. And immediately after the song, we'll come and oh, then. Come let us unite and sing. God is love. God is love. Let heaven and earth their praises bring. God is love. God is love Let every soul From sin awake Let every heart Sweet music make And sing with us For Jesus' sake God is love God is love Oh, sing to earth most distant lands God is love God is love In Christ we are Made whole again God is love God is love His blood has washed Our sin away His spirit turned our night today and with great joy our hearts can sing God is love God is love one day we'll sing with all the saints God is love God is love we'll fully God is love, God is love While endless ages roll along We'll triumph at the heavenly throne And this shall be our sweetest song God is love Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Draft Time, a big Q&A. And uh, friends, 
Our free giveaway for this week is The Christian Art of War by Ivor Meyer. Now, Ivor Meyer, his father was a carrier soldier. And uh, Ivor Meyer grew up in a culture of warfare. And from his childhood into his adult years, he practiced the art uh, of hand-to-hand combat training in the martial arts. And But um, interestingly, though, when he uh, became a person of faith, uh, he actually started uh, uh, um, connecting some of the things that he learned uh, in uh, his uh, martial arts, uh, some of the uh, principles uh, to the spiritual warfare. Uh, and uh, so now, using a unique, refreshing, but biblical approach, Pastor Myers shares the powerful lessons to help uh, 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 conquer uh, the enemy within, you know, each one of us using the military strategy. And he, you know, he outlines beautiful lessons on how we can actually, uh, uh have victory, uh, over sin and how we can have victory, uh, over the enemy and so forth. Many wonderful lessons. So this is a beautiful book by Ivor Myers and I highly, highly recommend it. I've got myself a copy and truly, I truly do recommend this. Uh, so if you are interested in getting a copy of this book, all you need is to text to us uh, the following code word, SA123. Uh, once you do that, the Faith FM uh, bot will reply and and it will ask for the necessary details. And then after that, we'll be able to send that out to you. If you live in South Australia, include your postcode so we could just, in fact, mail it out to you. So once again, it's SA123 to the number 04888811. So once again, let's come back to Pastor Hugh. Uh, lessons from the life of DOS. Uh, so... Yes, please, uh, once again, unpack that a little bit. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. So, Fabiano, um, <clears throat> look, there's a lot, a lot of material here on, on Des Dos. Uh-huh. We, we don't even begin to have time, even in the full time of our program, to look into that. Right. Um, so, what I endeavor to do here is just to share with you what he actually did. Right. Uh, and then to share with you the principle that he lived by. Okay. Uh, you know, the, what was uppermost in his mind, and hopefully will be uppermost in our mind as well. Now, in the movie Hacksaw Ridge, uh, it almost seems as if he did nothing remarkable until he got to Hacksaw Ridge, um, in terms of the, the conflict that was raging. But in actual fact, uh, he, while he was serving, he served in Guam, he served in the Philippines, and he was awarded two Bronze Star Medals, not just because he was part of a campaign, which is often the case, but with a V. Uh, device or insignia with it as well for exceptional valor in uh, aiding wounded soldiers under fire. So long before he got to Okinawa, uh, this was someone who was known for being someone of exceptional valor. Uh, but what did he actually do? Um, so when it came to him winning the Medal of Honor uh, and and Purple Heart, uh, he 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 was only the he was the first person ever in American history to win their highest honor, military honor, um, as a non-combatant. Someone who went into war without a weapon. That's quite, uh, that's quite and, amazing. And there's only been one person yeah. since, to my understanding. Yeah. Uh, but at that time, it was just unknown, unheard wow. of, that anyone would do such a thing. And he, he went into battle like this. Yes. Uh, and uh, this is the citation he received as that Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. It says there that uh, he was a company aid man. Right. From the 29th of April to the 21st of May, 1945, uh, when the 1st Battalion assaulted a jagged escarpment 400 feet high. 
Uh, as our troops gained the summit, a heavy concentration of artillery, mortar and machine gun fire crashed into them, inflicting approximately 75 casualties and driving the others back. Private First Class Doss, at that time he wanted to become a corporal, uh, refused to seek cover and remained in the fire-swept area with the many stricken, carrying them one by one to the edge of the escarpment and there lowering them on a rope-supported litter down the face of a cliff to friendly hands. Remember, that was 400 feet high. Wow. And on 2nd of May, he exposed himself to heavy rifle and mortar fire in rescuing a wounded man 200 yards forward of the lines on the same escarpment. Two days after that, he treated four men who had been cut down while assaulting a strongly defended cave, advancing through a shower of grenades to within eight yards of enemy forces in a cave's mouth, where he dressed his comrades' wounds before making four separate trips under fire to evacuate them to safety. By the way, in his memoirs or biography, um, he noted that he was close enough to hear the Japanese whispering. That's how close wow. he was. Um, and, uh, and then furthermore, that, uh, that he, having done that, dressed their wounds, and on the 5th of May, he unhesitatingly braved enemy shelling and small arms fire to assist an artillery officer. He applied bandages, moved his patient to a spot that offered protection from small arms fire, and while artillery and mortar shells fell close by, painstakingly administered plasma. Later that same day, when an American was severely wounded by fire from a cave, and by the way, he didn't just save Americans, he saved Japanese too. Saved his enemies. Um, Private First Class Doss crawled to him where he had fallen 25 feet from the enemy position, rendered aid, and carried him 100 yards to safety while continually exposed to enemy fire. Mm. On the 21st of May, in a night attack on high ground near Shuri, uh, he remained in exposed territory... Notice that word exposed, so often, time and again, while the rest of his company took cover, fearlessly risking the chance that he would be mistaken for an infiltrating Japanese and giving aid to the injured until he himself was seriously wounded in the legs by the explosion of a grenade. Rather than call another aid man from cover, he cared for his own injuries, waited five hours before litter bearers reached him, and started carrying him to cover. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't over yet. The trio was caught in an enemy tank attack, and he, seeing a more critically wounded man nearby, crawled off the litter, directed the bearers to give their first attention to the other man, and then awaiting the litter bearers' return, he was struck again, this time suffering a compound fracture of one arm. He truly put others ahead of himself, and with magnificent fortitude, he bound a rifle stock to his shattered arm as a splint, and then crawled crawled 300 yards over rough terrain to the aid station. Through his outstanding bravery and unflinching determination in the face of desperately dangerous conditions, Private First Class Doss saved the lives of many soldiers. And he didn't Mm. take a single one, I might add. His name became a symbol throughout the 77th Infantry Division for outstanding gallantry far above and beyond the call of duty. That's his citation. Um, It's quite extensive, isn't it? When when, uh, the president placed uh, that medal upon his chest. <clears throat> he held his hand the whole way through the ceremony. He didn't want to let it go. And he said, this, is, this to me is the greatest honor, uh, far greater than the honor of being president, than to have been here today, of all days, with Private Doss. That's uh, yeah, so so th- truly, it was really quite uh, remarkable, um, and you could tell that uh, Harry Truman was deeply affected, the president of the time, um, after you know, towards the end of the the war, or just after the war had ended. Yeah. So. You know, it's uh, it, there's a lot that we can learn from that. Oh yeah. But in the short time we have remaining, I want to really just, I guess, um, allow Doss to speak for himself, mm. uh, because uh, he he when he whenever he was under attack from his own fellow soldiers, right? You know, Who are you? you? What are you doing here? You're not even picking up a weapon. <laughs> um, 
or when he was under attack by the the actual enemy, right. uh, after a while they began to realize that this guy was big on action. Okay, and so much so that you know he he'd be looking after blisters on their march weary feet. If someone fainted from heat heat stroke, he was right there at their side, offering his own canteen. He was doing all the things we mentioned before in the citation, mm. and didn't hold a grudge. Continue to be their brother in a band of brothers. Wow. And with kindness and with gentle courtesy, he treated those who had mistreated him. Why? Because this, this is his own words. Actually, it's, it's Jesus' words, but, uh-huh. but he, he lived by them. Right. He said, I want to live the golden rule, the rule above all other rules. Mm. Do unto others as you would have them do unto, unto you. Amen. Yeah. Wow. Um, so if there's one golden lesson that we can learn from his life, I think that's it right there. It, that's amazing. To be one who, who does unto others what they would have you do unto them. Yeah. And and further, further uh, or rather, to do to others what you would have them do to you. Okay. And, and, and uh, as a reflection of who Jesus is. Wow. Uh, and so ultimately, in a time of conflict, may we be a people of compassion. Amen. In a Amen. time where people are combatants and they're taking sides, mm. and us and a them mentality in the world today, yes. that's what we're facing in every different direction. <clears throat> may we be those who help people to meet in the middle yeah. and to make peace. Wow. Yeah. And it will come at great cost, mm. but the cost will be worth it, will, will be worth the price that Amen. is paid. And, and you see the greatest example of that, of course, in the life of Jesus, <clears throat> who has who has overcome the worst of this world to bring us the best of his. And uh, so, yeah, I just want to encourage our listeners uh, in this whole question of, of violence and of conflict. We can learn a lot from the life of Desmond Doss, and perhaps our listeners would like to look into that themselves, or perhaps would like that, that free offer that you were talking about a moment ago. Yes, that's right. Once again, the free offer is The Christian Art of War by Ivor Myers, a book that I highly recommend. Once again, to get your free offer, you have to text in the code word SA123 to the number 04888808811. Dear friends, what a powerful, powerful and moving story. What and what a challenge, really, for each one of us to live in a way that we can reflect the love of Christ in our words, in our action, and even in times of conflict, when our buttons are pushed, when we feel like we should respond, like we even have the right, may God lead us, guide us, and give us the ability to be able to have the serenity, the calmness, the composure that we will need, especially in those critical moments. Mm. Friends, I wonder whether Pastor Hugh, you'd like to pray for us and pray for those who are listening. Father God, what an honor to come before you in prayer and to lead each one of us to your throne of grace. <clears throat> Lord, to, to be with you and to know that in your presence is peace and delight and joy forevermore. May it be that wherever we go, that your presence of peace, your presence of love and of joy be felt. That we might be of those that, uh, that Lord, uh, uh, that others uh, look forward to seeing wherever we go, not whenever we Whenever we go away. <laughs> so, Father, we, we pray and thanks that, uh, for the fact that we have the example of Jesus. We've heard of the example of one of his followers, Desmdos, a Christian, a Seventh-day Adventist Christian at that. But, Father, we pray that we ourselves, by your Spirit, by you living within us, uh, may, Lord, bring peace and light and hope, and as Fabiana was saying, composure uh, in every setting to which we find ourselves. And, Lord, whenever we fall, whenever we don't live up to that, 
Thank you that by your grace that you're willing to reconcile us back to to the Father, Lord Jesus, and uh, that we can have an eternal relationship with you. For Father, we ask all these things as your children. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.